saw a silver metallic object, almost in the shape of an angel, hovering above the highway. My first thought was that it was a helicopter because it was about as big as one height-wise. I, I saw a dark triangle in the sky and there were like white lights on the tips of this triangle and one of the lights was brighter and moving very slowly and then the object in the sky wasn't moving at all. It was a bright amber-orange orb that just kind of hovered at first and then split or or drove behind a hill for a minute, but they were still there when we cleared. I saw an orange orb in the sky and with the tail of what looked like a thruster of some sort. Yeah, I'm at Barview Park. I, I just stepped out to go to the bathroom and there's this, this this thing in the air. And can you tell me what you see? Uh, a light or, or a ship. It's pretty big. What does it look like? Like, like, a, like a UFO or, or something. It's, Around, there are red and purple lights on it. They're, they're blinking. Uh, hold, hold on. Okay. Okay, just move behind the tree. I'm, I'm going to try to get a better look. Whoa. All right, sir, remain calm. There's no reason to be alarmed. <laughs> no, no worries, man. I, this thing isn't causing any trouble. Wow, it's, it's moving around. It sort of like appears to be dancing. I, I've never seen anything like this. Wow. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> well, we've got some music for you. You just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. The Way Here, starring Brad Duncan, Clinton Ring, and Timothy Manns. Written and directed by Stephen Rickard. Listening to the Gazelle, broadcasting life to Earth, brought to you by SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. I'm Kurt Evans. Big things are happening here at the station. We've got a brand new landing pad outside that our man Mike has been working on, and we've got new lights put in. And let me tell you, these things are bright. Also new to the beacon are infrared and ultraviolet bulbs. Kind of hard to tell if these things are working, but they better be. We spent a buttload of money on them. What's the big occasion, you ask? Well, Valentine's Day is just two weeks away, and as some of you may know, it's a very special day around here. It was a cold day in February 1965 when George Broughton first lit the beacon and started broadcasting music as a way of guiding life to Earth. What started out as an old ranger station and fire lookout tower became a project of hospitality and optimism. His goal was to make the biggest thing, something so irresistible that anyone, or anything, who saw it from up there would come and pay visit to our planet. This year, we're celebrating 50 years of that guiding light. If it's your first time listening, we welcome you on this journey, and for all our old-timers and all the believers out there, we thank you for standing by us all these years. Moving on, we'll be playing some of our favorite love songs of the last half century. Here's to that strange, strange thing called love. We've got wings. Stay with us, won't you? Shoot. Hey, Mike, how close are you to actually being finished out there? A few weeks, maybe? Okay, so what are you doing sitting around in here for? Have you looked outside? It's 20 degrees. I'm not going out there. Ah, is it really that cold? All right. Well, are the new lights installed yet? 
Now, I was supposed to pick him up today, but you know how the truck handles on the ice. Ah, yeah, that thing's a piece of crap. Don't worry, Kurt. Once we have him, all I have to do is climb up there and just switch a few bulbs around. It'll take two minutes. It's not just the lights I'm worried about. We've got a ton of work to do. How about the runway? How's that coming? Oh, I don't think we can repay that until summer. Summer? What have you been doing out there? Mostly trimming blackberry bushes. Seriously? Is there that much? Yeah, Kurt, it's a forest out there. Plus, I think it's more of a summer project anyhow. Okay, I don't know what timeline you're working off of, but we have two weeks until the anniversary. Don't worry about it. It's not like we're giving tours up here. Only the folks out in Cliffdale can actually see the lights. We replace those and call it good. This isn't a joke, Mike. I know, I just don't see what the big hurry is. Plus, I've been doing research for my show. Space talk? Yeah, people seem to really like it. What are you doing this week? The recycling of matter that goes into the creation of a star. <laughs> sure. Sounds great. Do whatever you want. Thanks, boss. Hey, I'm gonna go make some dinner. You want some? No, thanks. Come on, let's celebrate. It's 50 years. Eat some chili, drink a couple beers. I'll let you run the playlist while I cook. Deal. Can you keep it pleasant, though? We're doing love songs. Sure, sure. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mike here. Whether you are in the car or in the comfort of your own home, or lying in a field somewhere with your radio, you're on your own journey. We're all travelers on a trail to somewhere, but we all share the same home, a wild and ever-changing home called Earth. Up next, we have Van Morrison with Listen to the Lion. Keep your eye on the sky and enjoy the ride. Do you hear yourself in that? What do you mean? Your whole DJ persona. It's a little over the top, don't you think? Come on, I was just goofing around. You don't have to try so hard. That whole we're all on our journey thing. Instead of listing car, field, home, or whatever, just say, um, wherever you are this evening, know that we're all headed somewhere and we're all flying around on the same spaceship called Earth. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Okay, Mr. Sagan. Whatever, it's better than yours. Sure. Well, to 50 years. To 50. How, how are you feeling? You know, I'm kind of excited. There we go. All right, I like your enthusiasm. Well, so what do you want to do for the big show? Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. <clears throat> I got a call from SETI today, and they told me that they're canceling our account. What? They said we're bringing in a quarter of our budget per year and that they can no longer support us financially. So what does that mean? Well, it means they're shutting us down. The beacon, the radio broadcast, everything. Everything? I just found out today. Apparently, we've been operating under a loophole for a while now. And who funds SETI again? It's all run by donations. Hewlett and Packard, Paul Allen, a, a ton of people. So what actually happened? Well, so they thought we were another site, a, a different site. So we got 20% of their funds. And when they realized we didn't have the proper equipment, they shut us down. Is there anything we could have done? 
Well, I, I think that you got us close, you know, with the lights and all, but without a runway or proper satellite dishes. We uh, didn't have all the money to do that. Well, that's because KUOW stopped giving us money when our show tanked. I told you to play better music. Well, shut up, Mike. Not now. This has nothing to do with that. It has something to do with it. You've turned the whole broadcast into a show about how lonely you are, and it's kind of a downer. I'm doing the best I can. Well, heartache and solitude don't really attract a big audience. When did they stop supporting us? About a year ago. So what are we going to do? It doesn't matter. SETI said we could stay through to the end of the month. The person on the phone called us an homage to the early years of the search for extraterrestrial life. We're just a nostalgic piece of shit now. A relic from the 60s. So you're giving up that easy? It's over. Look... I only heard the show because someone at work put it on, and at first I just thought it was a weird talk show, but then I heard the stories about encounters and theories and UFOs. You were searching for the impossible, and that was just what I needed. I didn't realize how lonely it would be up here doing this, but this opportunity you gave me, it changed my life. I believe in it. Why else would I put so much work into this? Well, thank you, you know, for all the work. And it's been nice to have a friend up here. God, you remember that meteor shower last year when we made margaritas and we heard that sound coming from the trees and you freaked out? <laughs> Wait, that was terrifying. It's just a raccoon. Which are scary. You see, that's the kind of stuff that's no fun by yourself. If I heard that sound two years ago, I, I would not have gone in after it. I would have just sat there staring up at the stars in terror. You know what? The... That's the biggest problem with this place. It's all about sitting around and waiting for something to happen. What was George's goal in the first place? To make the biggest thing. Now's your chance. Make something happen. What, beg for money? I don't know. Do something. I've been here for 12 years, and I've heard people tell their crazy stories of encounters and sightings and visits. And it was all about finding the impossible, like you said, but... Right now, I just don't see a way out of this. With the lack of funding we received and the work I hired you to do, we're about $50,000 in debt. Whatever scheme we come up with just isn't going to cut it. So we try and fail. Either way, the station's shut down. What do we have to lose? I don't want to do it. Why not? It's another failure. You know, why go out begging when we can bow out gracefully? You never put any work into anything. That's how things were with Colleen. You just gave up. She was going to leave no matter what I did. She didn't believe in the project. And now it seems you're the one who doesn't care. I thought bringing you in would help make things more practical. I thought building a better runway and improving our communications would speed up this whole process and make something actually happen. Instead, I just used up all our money, and now we've got nothing left. I guess it's time to call it like it is. It's over. Was it a mistake hiring me? Uh, who's to say? Had I not, it probably would have turned into a very, very sad rendition of Coast to Coast. And after a few years, I probably would have killed myself. Come on. It's tough out here by yourself. I can imagine. Yeah, you can only imagine. Listen, I think we've made a ton of progress in the last few years. Thank you to you, mostly. We've spent a ton of money doing it, but things are looking good around here. And, well, I guess now it's time to tell the kids. What are you going to say? I don't know. 
That was Van Morrison. You're listening to the Gazelle, the guiding light, the biggest thing, the long-standing project of guiding life to Earth. I want to take a quick moment to say thanks to my partner in crime, Mike Jones, for taking the table for a while and for all his hard work here at the station. He's been on board for two years now and already has a long list of accomplishments. Getting the landing strip ready, updating the lights on the beacon, and answering all your questions on Space Talk. There's been a lot of changes here in the last two years. And I know a lot of my listeners have heard everything that I've been through. A lot of hard work has gone into it, and I am eternally grateful to Mike for his determination and for his commitment to the project. But with all that hard work came a big price tag. A lot of money was put into this. Between construction and bandwidth fees, we ended up flying through a broadcasting grant. And I was informed this week that SETI is cutting us from their budget. To make a long story short, we're being shut down. We'll continue broadcasting through the end of February, and we'll have just enough time to celebrate the 50th anniversary, and we'll be pulling out all the stops to make the last few weeks memorable. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel like calling and sharing stories, that would mean a lot to us. As always, our lines are open awaiting your calls. Here's a little Sinatra for you. Anyways, the beacon is lit. Good night. How is that? Why do I feel like this isn't the first time you've used Sinatra like this? <laughs> there ain't nothing like drunk, sad Sinatra. A man alone, where are you? Oh man, he's the best. So what's next? You mean after this? Shoot, I don't know. I've been living up here for 12 years. I don't know if I can adjust to city living again. Might do some music, maybe some writing, maybe look for work in radio. There's gotta be a spot for an old guy like me. What about you? I don't know, I kinda like it out here. After spending four years building things that could fly in the sky, I can finally see the stars. Do you think there's something out there? I don't know. Maybe. You know, in, in 2001, A Space Odyssey, how each monolith is kind of like a new phase in evolution, like checkpoints. I think whatever or whoever is out there is encouraging us to figure things out, to keep growing. From the first little cell that decided to split to creatures walking, planets spinning, we're all making something. We all get to add a little to the story. I don't know, I, I guess that doesn't really answer your question. I've just been enjoying learning all this stuff. I think it's fun. What about you? Well, the truth is, Mike, most astrobiologists consider us a joke, and they're right. If any signal is being broadcasted to Earth, it's going to be picked up by the Allen Telescope Array. Not some antenna jerry-rigged to an old watchtower. Like they said, we're a piece of nostalgia, a knick-knack, a remnant of the early stages of technology, an enthusiasm for space exploration. The gazelle's been outdated since the 70s, man. Any chance we had at being taken seriously was shot when Marty and Steve took over. But all that nonsense of traveling into space, that's never what we were about. I mean, George knew that, sure, there might be life out there, but these little microbes that we'd find would not be intelligent, extremophiles most likely. And in our early stage of evolution and technology, we're just not fit to expand into space. We can't even take care of our own planet. Why should we even bother colonizing the galaxy? 
George's vision for this wasn't looking outward. It was to open our doors. It's our job to make sure that that sign is lit. But how come no one showed up yet? Billions of stars, Mike, all just as likely to have livable planets. I mean, we're talking countless galaxies and star systems, but still, nothing. Fermi paradox. Yeah, exactly. And that stupid beacon out there is, is nothing more than just flashing lights. It's all a show, you know that. That tower is an 80-foot testament to George's hubris. It's an infinite universe, and we're just a little mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. If you don't think there's anyone out there to see it, why keep it lit? I don't know. Because it's just what I do. Anyways, I'm off to bed. Feel free to take over for a while and say whatever you want. It's not like you're going to get us canceled. Night, Mike. Night, Kurt. Good evening, folks. It's Mike again. As some of you have heard, due to financial reasons, the Gazelle is being shut down. I know Kurt mentioned it earlier, but we're extremely grateful for your support over the last 50 years. Now, I know I've only been here for a few years, but Kurt's been here a long time, longer than any other host. And to him, this is more than a radio station. This is a guy who's dedicated his entire life to preparing the way for someone or something else to come. This beacon is a symbol, and we can't let it go out. Now, if you're listening, I know this is important to you, too. We'll, uh, we'll do a pledge drive, right? People do that? Uh, yeah, uh, our lines will be open all night, taking calls and donations. And you know what? If you can't give money, I want your stories, testimonies, anecdotes, anything you want to share. Now's the time. Let's come together as the planet we are. Let's make it happen. Let's save the gazelle. We'll figure out something. Anyway, thanks for listening, and good night. Good night.